You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me today at the King Power Stadium is Jordan Blackwell. Good afternoon. Um, good afternoon, Jordan. And uh, we just sat through Claude Puel's pre-match press conference ahead of the visit of Watford on Saturday. And uh, we'll start with the team news, as we always do. Jordan, um, it was quite a growing injury list, wasn't it, in the previous weeks? Um there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel though, isn't there? Yes, it's n- not for this week, but um, certainly the big names that have been missing, Harry Maguire and Rashid Gazal, are almost, uh, well, they're getting there. Um, I think that Powell said that Maguire was back in training today and he did some warm-ups and did a few touches, but he's not quite in full training. He's hoping he will, he'll be in full training come the start of next week. Uh, and then Gazal will probably get back to full training in the middle of next week. So I think when... Beyond the Fulham game, and I think that's when we can perhaps expect those two to be back. Um, Ibora is fine; he's he can play this weekend. Obviously, he went off after half an hour at Brighton. Um, and then Matty James was the other one. Uh, now we've not seen Matty James all season, uh, but played ninety minutes for the under twenty threes on Thursday night, um, and he's not quite ready for first team football but um, again he's another one that's getting there and could be an option later in the month you'll probably get another couple of under 23s games yeah. under his belt won't he before um, he's even considered for, for and he'll find it hard to get into the side as well won't he um, to get back in and get some pitch time definitely I think the, the, the midfield is where and well spoken about this frequently the midfield is where Leicester have so many options and it's difficult to, to accommodate the you know the likes of Silver and King and Chowdhury mm. and uh, and James as well. Well, we'll, we'll mention King in, a, in, a, in briefly in a minute as well. Um, but um, it, it was rather strange. We're used to these under Claudio Ranieri. These little analogies, these little yeah. little images that uh, Claudio used to project. And Claude's come up with one today because um, City are about to start and embark on a run of eight games in twenty nine days. And he's got to keep all his players fresh, and they've all got individual needs to keep them ready for match action. He's compared himself to an a la carte chef. Yeah, I thought it was it was interesting. I think he um, he said that uh, he actually turned to the translator and said, "How do I express a la carte in English?" And the translator said, "Well, actually, we usually just say a la carte as well." Uh, but yeah, he's, he he wants to get across the idea that. He can't do a group training session for everyone because there's so many games and so many people are at different stages and so many people need... Some players might need rest when others need to, to carry on training. And so he's, he said it's going to be more on an individual basis that he's going to do training sessions over over the next month during this busy period. For those who don't know, a la carte, <laughs> it's, it's when you go to a restaurant you order individual dishes that you put together for your meal rather than just having a set menu then you just say, I'll have fish and chips. You would order your chips separately and your fish. There you go. And perhaps your mushy peas too. <laughs> right, so we're on off from the, the, the analogy there and let's talk about the team for Saturday. James Madison is free from suspension. Um, he served that one game ban against Southampton in the Caribou Cup in the week after being sent off two bookings in three minutes at Brighton the second for a pretty outrageous dive 
he apologised for that. Um, interesting that he said when he apologised publicly on the on Twitter that uh, he was expecting the contact that didn't come. Now, Claude said today, he could, well, he was asked bluntly, can you promise that Madison will never do that again? And he, he didn't say, uh, yes, I can promise that, did he? No, no, I think he, he said that, um, well, he kind of dodged the question and, and said that he sort of reiterated, reiterated what Madison had said about anticipating the fall, but he just said he did that too much. Um, and yeah, so it, essentially he's, he's exaggerated it. I can understand the, the the anticipating contacts. I know when there was the conversations about um, Gareth Bale when he was at, at Tottenham and there was, for a couple of months, there was a few conversations about Bale going down too easily. Um, and I think there was a, there was talk then that he was anticipating a fall, almost to prevent injury, I think, that mm. so rather than get clattered, if he's already on his way down, he can almost control the fall um, but I think really the safest thing to do is to take the contact mm. just try and get on with the I game totally and, if, and if you get booted on the shin you get booted on the shin Yeah. Um, and yeah I think hopefully that Madison has learnt that and he won't do it again because now he's he's been sent off for diving that comes with a reputation yeah. we've seen it with a lot of players with Bale with Ashley Young um, where you get caught out once and all of a sudden you've got a reputation and referees will keep a keen eye well, on Wilfred Zahar uh, it's been one yes, of the more recent yeah. times it's been a little bit tarnished by that whether you think that's fair or unfair that's the fact that he has been a little bit tarnished with that and uh, we don't want James Madison to, to develop that reputation but uh, hopefully it's just a one-off and uh, it was interesting that Claude said he was determined to make amends yeah and I think I mean that was a fairly evident I think from his from his social media post uh, last Saturday, I, I, we don't usually see that. Well, certainly I can't remember of a player coming out and apologising almost immediately for a, a, a red card uh, in that manner. So I think, yeah, he probably does really regret it. And um, yeah, it, hopefully we'll see the, the best of him this Saturday. Because I think he, he's gone off the boil a little bit in terms of his performances as well. I think we we saw the best of Madison in those first two months uh, at Leicester. Since then, he's gone a little bit quieter, but Leicester really need him um, to be on top form because he, he is the, the creative outlet. Well, they certainly need another man to be on top form, and uh, Claude thinks he is getting close to back to his best, and that's Jamie Vardy. He came off the bench. He was left on the bench at Brighton because of a groin problem that hampered his training in the previous international window. Um, but he came off the bench, and I thought he inspired Leicester in the second half with his. Um, with, well, it was a typical Vardy performance, wasn't it? All action, harassing the defenders, barging people over, just getting, being aggressive and being nasty, and just. And he set the tone in the second half, and uh, I think Claude really liked that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I thought it was, that was Vardy's best performance of the season, uh, even though he was only on the pitch for for what thirty thirty five minutes. Um, you don't often see a player able to to set the tempo for his team from a striking position. Usually, it's you know one of the central midfielders or a sort of defensive midfielders that would set the tempo. But Vardy really did that. And yes, like you say, Puel said today that he he liked seeing Vardy with that intensity and with the the, the harrying of the defenders, um, which I think fans like to see that as well. I think that's you know that's. Vardy quickly enamoured himself with Leicester City fans because he was so willing to do that and even when he was banging in the goals he never changed his ways he, all, he was always that kind of all-action striker um, and I think it does it does add a little bit to Leicester the, the only issue is those behind him have got to follow Vardy 
Vardy can't press by himself because the centre backs will just not yeah, exactly. around him. Just play around him, yeah. Yeah. So he needs the support from those from those three players that that play behind Vardy. He needs support from them, and they need to sort of join in a press together. And that's when maybe Leicester will, will get some joy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you make of Jamie Vardy? Are, are Leicester too reliant on him? Because there was a question that fired at Claude today, um, pointing out the lack of goals that are coming from other areas. On the pitch, have several months it's been for some players to have contributed a goal, and uh, it would seem there does seem to be a reliance on Vardy, doesn't there? And I think it's something he needs to address in the in the January transfer window. If I'm honest, I think they need to bring a striker. Yeah, well, I certainly think they they need another striker. I think having, I mean, you would only say Vardy and Iheanacho as two out and out strikers, and even then Iheanacho perhaps drops a bit deeper. Um, I think we've discussed before about the possible need for a for a bigger striker. Mm. Um, you know, with all the crosses that that Leicester are putting in. Um, as for the over reliance on Vardy, I'm I'm not sure. I think that actually Leicester have spread out the goals quite well this season. I remember looking at it earlier in the season and and looking at the statistics. And I think you know by end of September, Leicester had had so many goal scorers that it had taken them to January to achieve mm. last season. Um, so they've got players from around the from around the pitch that can contribute. Um, it's just that they're not scoring enough as a team. Mm. I would say that has been the problem over the past month or so. Well, thankfully they've been keeping uh, reasonably tight at the back. Yes. Haven't they? In the meantime, and uh, uh, so let's talk about the likely team for Watford because we can't. I don't think there's going to be too many changes. I know there was nine changes for the game in midweek, but I don't think there'll be too many changes from the Brighton game the previous weekend. Um, that back four is starting to get a look a little bit settled now with Maguire still injured, um, Johnny Evans and Wes Morgan uh, alongside with Ricardo Pereira right back and Ben Chilwell left back. That's looking a pretty tidy unit now, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think because um, Ricardo seems to have settled a little bit more at right back as well. His defen- defensively, he's been a lot better than we saw earlier in the season. Um, the Morgan Evans partnership's working really well. I think obviously Evans, you know, he's experienced, did it all with Manchester United, so that's not a surprise really. That now he's had some time to bed in that he's um, showing his worth. I think some fans would probably like to see Suyunju play after his performance. Yes, let's talk um, about him. Let's talk about Suyunju because we obviously you've seen him in the under twenty threes early in the season, and I was always asking you, what did you think? And you were saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know. He's, he's diving in. He's a bit rash. He's uh, and I, I was on the um, Leicester City TV uh, show with Matty Elliott, and he said exactly the same. He said he gets too tight. He looks a bit rash. He looks like he's he's too keen to get yeah. make the challenge to get in front of people and and he commits himself. But I thought that was a quite a, a promising performance against Southampton on Tuesday. Yes, definitely. I think the the negative aspects of his game that we saw a little bit in uh, in those under 23s games um he seemed to cut out yes i think he still does get a little bit tight and he he seems to want to do what i would describe the active parts of defending i think there are certain defenders probably like johnny evans that wait for things to happen they stay in their position they make sure their man's marked they clear and they clear crosses and and whatnot so he wants to make tackles and he wants to make interceptions um but he seemed to get the he seemed to get his choices right essentially. He seemed to get know when the right time was to do it. And I think the the qualities that we did see in those under twenty threes we saw against Southampton as well. His tackling one on one is excellent. You know, the way you, when he's up against a man when the way he watches the ball and then steps steps in at the right time, doesn't concede a foul. And also his pace as well surprised me. I think the Leicester have perhaps lacked a little bit of pace um at centre back. I don't think you know, I suppose Maguire's the youngest of their centre backs, but he's not got a great deal of pace. But um, Soyuncu looks like the sort of player 
that if a mistake is made, he can be the one to, to even if he's made it himself. Yes, he can be the one to recover, get back, and make a block. Um, so yes, certainly very promising. And I think we've said before, he's twenty two. Mm. He's, he's seven or eight years from being at his peak for a centre back. So there's yeah. plenty of time for him to learn. Well, I spoke to Johnny Evans after the game on Tuesday and asked him about communication because obviously we know Sionsu's. But one of his biggest problems is he didn't speak a word of English when he first came to the club, and he's having lessons now, and that's slowly improving. And I said to Johnny, "How do you communicate?" And he said, well, language of football, we, you know, we, we, we get through, he understands it. But then he, he, he said, I've seen him in training, and he said, uh, he's the future of Leicester City. So he's been very impressed with Soon Su in, in training. Um, let's talk about the, the centre midfield then, because we've got Mendy and Nididi in there. Nididi, we expect to come uh, back in after Vicente, even though Vicente is available now, he limped out last week and, and Nididi played midweek. Um, I imagine Nididi and Mendy will be the uh, centre midfield too again. They've been consistently the two in there haven't they this season yeah I think that makes sense I thought indeed he had one of his best games of the season when he came on um, at, at Brighton he seems I think Mendy seems more settled when he's playing with, with Ndidi they seem to have built a bit of a partnership um, and I think looking at Leicester's midfield options as a whole they seem like the best two my only concern about those two is there's a lack of creativity there isn't it They're, both of them do a specific job at the moment and I, I'd love to see Ndidi try and do a bit more and get forward a bit more but um, both of them sit deep and uh, it, then there's a lot of reliance on Chilwell and Pereira down the flank and the front four Yeah, I, no, I agree, I think I, I wrote this week that it feels like Leicester need perhaps someone in there who can be a, who can be dynamic, who can maybe dribble the ball forward or play more incisive passes um, just because against teams like Watford maybe that will sit deep when Leicester are at home because I think at home is where Leicester have struggled a little bit trying to break down teams um, perhaps if they had somebody a little bit deeper who could make the passes then they might maybe see some more joy I mean, I think the only option Leicester currently have is dropping Madison deeper and then maybe playing Ian Acho behind mm. Vardy but I don't think that's something that, that Puel would no, try not in his I, system would he definitely no and I think system. yeah and I think that that would also, you know, you wouldn't see the best of Madison then because he is best when he's playing as a number 10. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly, despite the, the abundance of central midfielders, that is something I would like to see Leicester, an area that I'd like to see Leicester strengthen. In, perhaps coming up with a, a more dynamic midfielder. I, the only one I can think of that might be available is someone like Loftus-Cheek, mm. I think is really oh, good. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, I think he's the sort of player that, playing it alongside Ndidi or Mendy, he would, you know, he would really add something. Well, I mean, you're, yeah, talking top, top players now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right, OK, let's top four. The, the, the four at the top of the pitch. We know Vardy's going to start. He's, we've just discussed him. The three in behind, Madison, the number 10. We agree with that. It pretty much picks itself, doesn't it, now? And, and that's maybe may a concern. Because Damari Gray, we expect to be on the left. Michael Brighton on the right. Because Michael Brighton, I think, has been in good form in the last few weeks. Um, Senior Diabate, we saw him on Tuesday. He doesn't look like he's going to be putting pressure on any of them to get into the starting spot in the side. No, I I really like Diabato. I thought he did really well at the end of uh, when he came in last season. He just he he seems really inventive, and I think that the when he gets the ball, the way he moves it is not what you would expect, and I think that does create space for himself. But and it's something that we've said about Gray previously. He never seems to to make the right decision when he gets to the gets to the area where he needs to um, and to be honest we can still say that about about Gray now he yeah. still needs to do a little bit of work on his decision making but he has improved from last he season has, yes, I think has, personally yeah. has. and perhaps and again we say the same thing Diabate is young and yeah. he's 
you know, he's just had he hasn't even had a year in English football yet. Um, so perhaps he will um, come good. We hope he's going to come good as well. Um, but again, I think that's an area that could be strengthened. I mean, Rashid Gazelle's coming. He's had a few decent games. He's had a few indifferent games. He's another one that um, looks like he's going to take a bit of time. So when you're talking about Loftus Cheek, there's you know there's other players out there that Leicester City could be targeting. Possibly one that's out on loan already on their books and out on loan at West Bromwich Avenue, Harvey Barnes. Now we talked about it in the media room before, well, just after Puel's press conference about Harvey Barnes. Would you recall him in January? Would you bring him back in now and throw him straight in? I, had you asked me probably end of September, October, even when Barnes was doing well, I think I, I would have said no. Leave him there for the full season. I, think I would that, have said that three weeks ago. Well, yeah, exactly. I think that the more it goes on uh, and the more it looks like, okay, actually... He's one of the best performers in the championship. It's not like he's he's doing okay for a for a championship player, and he's got he's got promise. He's performing as one of the best players in the championship in terms of if you look at all the statistics in terms of chances created and um, shots on target and things like that. He is well up there, um, albeit playing in a very attacking team at, at West Brom. So I think surely I think most teams would be happy, most Premier League teams would happily take one of the best. Sh- Championship players to strengthen their team, unless they have one on their books. Mm. So I, th- I think the, 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 I think they've got to consider it um, because I think unlike last season when Barnes was doing okay at Barnsley and then came back and made a couple of appearances for the first team and, and mainly played for the under twenty threes. This time he would come back and he would at least be on the bench. And I think there's a possibility that he would even be starting. I think. He would really be a, a challenger for Gray to play on maybe on the left of that three behind Vardy. Um, so yeah, I think it's something that's going to have to be considered. And certainly, I think if if there's any more injury problems crop up to any of those those wide players, I think Leicester will recall him. Well, I think that's certainly an option for him, and I, I personally would love to see him. But he'd have to come back and play. Yeah, yeah. There's no point bringing him back and then then doing it well last season. But I think he's progressed so much from last season. Uh, from what I've seen um, of him playing for West Bromwich Out. Some of the, and it's not just the number of goals he's scoring, it's the types of goals he's scoring and the quality of those strikes. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the Championship is a very competitive and hard um, league and a lot of teams are very well organised and, and very strong, but there's lack of flair. There's real flair in Harvey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think we've seen, like you say, with the, the variety of goals, we've seen him score a couple of long-range strikes. We've seen goals where he's arrived late in the box. We've seen goals where there was that goal against Sheffield Wednesday where he dribbled half, dribbled past mm. half the team and then and stuck it in. So yes, we are seeing lots of different types of goals. I think yeah, he's got that flair. I think his creativity is great. He seems to have almost immediately built up a relationship with the likes of Dwight Gale and, and Jay Rodriguez. Um, so you would think that coming back into the Leicester team, he would you know be able to build a partnership with Madison and Vardy straight away as well. So yes, I see. More, the more we talk about him now, no, I'm thinking more, we should bring yeah, him back. Bring him back. Let's let's get a petition going. Um, finally, to to end this podcast, let's uh, talk about special visitors the club had um, in the week: uh, Prince William and Princess Catherine, otherwise known to us commoners as Kate. Uh, and they came to pay their respects to uh, to the Vichai uh, and his family following the tragedy of the helicopter crash. We know William uh, also flew with the pilot. Lost his life as well, um, and but Tupu was asked about it today, and he was, so said some wonderful words, didn't he? Yeah, no, he was. He was. Um, he said some really nice things. Obviously, Puel and and six of the players were uh, 
were there to, to greet the Royals as well. Uh, and Paul said today that it was it was amazing to 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 share their emotions and share their memories of Vichai with each other. Mm. Um, and he even dropped in that um, that he, even though Prince William's a Villa fan, he, he thinks he'll have a, a little bit of Leicester City in his heart as well, which is a really nice sentiment. Um, mm. So yes, I think he did say some really nice things, and obviously it's it's really nice for the club and for the people of Leicester to um, to have a to have a royal visit. Well said, Jordan. Well, that uh, brings us to the end of this edition of Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. We have got a live blog running throughout the Watford game, uh, which Jordan be manning. So um, tune into that, and if you want to get a bit of colour of what's going on here at the King Power Stadium, we'll have all the build-up stories on our Leicestershire Live website, and we'll have all the reaction after the game as well. Uh, join us again next week.